Hello and welcome to the Zwift SBS podcast. During the Tour de France, for some fun after a long day watching the pros, I like to jump on Zwift. Thanks to the fantastic training programs, it's a super effective use of my time and I can ride while listening back to this podcast. Christoph and Macca, I do appreciate the entertainment. Matthew van der Poel, Anna van der Breggen and Geraint Thomas all have a training program that highlights their strengths. Not surprisingly, the fun is full gas Vanderpool workouts focus on anaerobic efforts. He's got some seriously explosive power. The fun is staying cool workouts can only be one person, Anna van der Breggen. They're designed to improve your ability to search hard again and again without a full recovery. Then there's fun is flying uphill from Tour de France winner, Garant Thomas. These focus on building your muscular endurance. Each of the workouts is about 40 minutes and I'm gonna give all of them a go, but I won't be comparing, at least on public record, my power compared to theirs. The good thing is you can do their fun is fast training programs as a beginner or experienced rider. It's all based on your power output. To train like the best in the world, it's easy to get started. All you need is a bike, trainer, and the Zwift app. Visit Zwift.com and hopefully I'll see you on there soon. Right on. Bonjour, 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 and uh, welcome to the Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Uh, before we start, uh, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream, or subscribe to this podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash central or log a ride with our friends at Zwift. Joining me, it's of course Dave McKenzie. How are you, Dave? I'm not bad, Christoph, but you know what? I feel full of... Well, ah, you, you know I, I get you, full? I get you. At two Humble pie. Yeah, two o'clock in the morning, I had to sit down and I had to dug, dig into my words. I had did you finish them. your humble pie? Oh, no, I've still got some to go. <laughs> because I did not think the great man Mark Cavendish would win a stage. Absolutely. So I'm happy to eat humble pie. <laughs> what a day. What a day. The Cav is back. This is the title of this podcast. It could not be any other way. Uh, Honestly, I was with you. Honestly, on the ban- on on the whole hey, cab thing. Hey, I think the bus was pretty full, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> I think you and I had a front row seat. But I reckon all the other tickets had been sold. Absolutely, was, yeah. but right now we should definitely hit eat our humble pie because. It's a massive performance, uh, f- massive performance to have Cav back at the Tour de France, but also to have Cav winning a stage where he won a stage six years ago. Yes, yes, it's incredible. It's uh, go back and do it, peeps. On it's on YouTube. You can you can watch uh, from six years ago when he won the stage, and uh, I mean, it it is it's something like thirteen years or fourteen years yeah, 13 since years, his yeah. first yeah. stage victory. I mean, this is. There's so many little little history moments here and, and probably records, you know, between stage wins, between the first and his this current one. It's it's phenomenal. His his last stage win was in Fougere. Yeah. And he won again in Fougere. Yeah. His first stage win was in Châteauroux and he's coming in a couple of days, Châteauroux. He's up Are and we, about. Yeah. He's <laughs> up and about. He's yes. bouncing like a like a like a bouncing ball, well, basically. Well, <laughs> all the signs were there though. Maddie Keenan said it. A happy a happy cab is a Dangerous a cav. dangerous cav, and um, you could you could see, and I mean he was even in the intermediate sprints he was you know hovering around even before Caleb crashed out and and you know we saw that carnage uh, from two days ago, but um, what I liked about it as well just about every sort of rider from different sort of corners of the peloton were giving the guy a pat on the back yeah Michael Matthews Tim Merlier, um you know. A lot of riders, a lot of riders. Yeah, absolutely. Let's listen to Mark Cavendish in this very, very emotional interview. 
the Tour de France, stage number 31. Wow, that victory is special now. I don't know what to, I don't know what to say man. Like just being here is special enough, you know. Didn't think I'd ever get to come back to this race. Take us through it. Take us through it. Take us through the, the finish. Might be easier to talk about the finish and the way and the way you want it. Just fire, man. Just fire from the whole team. We didn't know if we were going to get them. Um, and then Lula, we lost Ballero. He had his wheel. Same things happened to me. Lost the spokes with the wheel. And then you just see what a team this is. You know, you got the green jersey, the world champion, Julian Philippe. He just comes just to get the final pull to try and catch the the breakaway. You know, just putting everything in. You know, like. But so many people didn't believe in me, you know, and these guys do, and they did, and yeah, you've you've always believed in in yourself, or, or were there moments where you thought, "Nah, I'm not going to win another stage of the Tour de France." Honestly, I thought I was never coming back to this race. Honestly, you know, when you come to to the kind of quick step. We've got the best riders in the world, you know. So it wasn't even a thought to come here. But the stars aligned somehow, you know. Um, like, I never, never ever want bad things to happen to other people. But after the last years, it's just nice to have like some good luck, you know, for myself. And, yeah. A very emotional uh, Mark Cavendish. We could hear what he was thinking and a lot of what he was uh, not wanting to reveal. He, he was lost for words. Uh, the silence in, that, in those interviews, in this interview, was even more touching than the words he was saying. Yeah, yeah, he... Uh and he's, he's a quite lot of rare. emotions. He's, he's, he's totally, you know, hard on the sleeve, emotional guy. And it's quite rare to have a, a loss for a word, Cavendish. He's, yes. He's been a quite wordy kind of guy before. Y yes, yes. Um, no, and it said a lot, I guess, didn't it, about what it meant to him. I mean, we all knew it. it you, you didn't have to be Einstein to know, you know, if he did win, there'd be this outpouring of emotion. Um, What's beautiful to see is what he says in, uh, and I'm not going to go and bang about Alaphilippe again, but it's about the Wolfpack. It's about how they believed in him yeah. when no one else was believing in him. And the way Alaphilippe, you know, when the, the breakaway was a, a make or break, actually, we'll talk about this in, in, <laughs> in a sec, but uh, the fact that the Wolfpack in its entirety and the Green Jersey slash world champion just went and go, come on, guys, let's do it. And he really led the surge to make this happen. There's something special in that Wolfpack, yeah? Yeah, 100%. And look, the other thing on that is to, if we if we go back sort of six months, eight months, Cav didn't have a contract. He he approached de Koenig because he knew if he was ever going to win again, it was de Koenig that were going to help him get there. He effectively paid his own contract. So he mm -hmm. found the sponsor to pay himself a contract because Lefebvre said, I don't have any money in the budget. Happy to take you on. 
you're you're a good rider, as in you know you're good enough. But Kev could have got a contract anywhere else. anywhere else. Let's be yeah. honest, not anywhere else, but but a I mean, bunch of teams he could have got a t- a, a contract with Wanty Gobert into Marche, probably for more money. That's mm-hmm. that's the reality. Um, so he could have got a contract elsewhere, but even Cav knew, okay, I've got to be smart here. If there's a team I'm going to win with, it's going to be De Koenig and probably no one else. So that just shows how good they are and how much he, you know, knew um, uh, that that was the team that, that was the best for him. Absolutely. Let's listen to Patrick Lefebvre. You know, we have more than 100 wins in a big tour, but I never saw crying the whole staff. And I think the whole, the whole staff was crying uh, because... Everybody went in his emotions. Eight months ago, he had no team. I took him in the team. He had a, a shit program, sorry for the word. Uh, all the races uh, in the beginning of the season were cancelled. Then we went to Turkey, where he didn't want to go about the COVID. He won four stages. He won a stage of Belgium. He could not do it. Last minute, Super Shep. He comes, he wins. He was not in the tour. We called him Saturday before the Tuesday. We went to the tour. He wins again. So, uh, yeah, if you're not emotional now, you will never be. That was Patrick Lefebvre. Um, maybe he's exaggerating a little bit. He's never seen his whole team crying. But he wants to summarize the aspect of what this win means for the team. It's, yes. And uh, look, it's funny. I listen to that and I go, oh, great. But I read an article sort of overnight in the last 24 hours and it's this ongoing sort of spat between Lefebvre and Sam Bennett. Yeah. Sam Bennett, obviously, green jersey winner last year, the sprinter on the team. And he's he's now calling, he's calling him a liar. Uh, I'm paraphrasing, but he's effectively saying Bennett won't pick up the phone on the boss. When you're the boss, you must, you must have respect for your boss. He doesn't have respect. He's really paying out on Bennett. And he's saying if he doesn't sort of adhere to, you know, Team, team, the team boss's orders, he might dock his pay by up to 50% and stop him from racing for the rest of the season. This is, I've got to say it, Lefebvre is a bully. Well, he's he is absolutely not the nicest man around. No, absolutely. no, Sam Bennett, and look, I don't, know, I don't know Sam Bennett. I've interviewed him a bunch of times. That's, that's, that's my knowledge of Sam Bennett. Yeah. But what I will say, I've interviewed hundreds of writers over the years and I've got to know a bunch of them, obviously, Sam Bennett comes across as a gentleman and everything that I've heard from other writers like Caleb Buen about Sam Bennett is that he is a ripper guy and he is a gentleman. Doesn't mean he's, he's not going to, you know, put the elbows out if he's got a battle on his mm-hmm. hands. But everything reeks of Patrick Lefebvre because Lefebvre's got history. Yeah. yeah. Lefebvre has history. The way he talks publicly about private conversations or not, not even private conversations i really i actually really feel for sam bennett yeah absolutely and you know what uh, and, and we'll, we close the subject on this but lefrever reminds me of a certain guy that owned a team tinkoff yes you know, same, yes same sort of category yeah, yeah, of, yeah. Of so what are they what is it alpha alpha male i don't know what they are. <laughs> stupid white men in suits or, i don't know <laughs> worrying anyway yeah. uh let's go back to the stage uh, itself so um it, it was always going to be a stage for the sprinters There was something different though in this stage because of what happened the night before, because of the, all the crashes. So we saw the riders putting the foot down. What do you make of this? Because 
Part of me goes, yeah, you're in France, that's okay. Yeah, you can, you can actually <laughs> prote- it's, it's protest. Either the, it's either farmers on the tractors. Is or? It, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's be the rider this year. But uh, the other part of me goes, almost what's the point? Yeah. Is, is it really a big symbol? Like, let's explain this. Is it a big symbol to have the riders put the foot down and then start again? I think it is. And we saw, by the way, Greipel being the organizer of that. Yeah. Can I give you three... How about I give you sort of three, and I'll paraphrase their opinions, um, more or less. So Robbie McEwen, Gracie Alvin, who was fantastic to have Gracie on the show mm-hmm. uh, last night, a former pro herself and dual Aussie champ. And then Simon Gerrans, which I just listened to earlier this morning. Um, and this was Simon talking on, on, on his transfer after the stage. So firstly, I'll go to Simon. Simon said kudos to the guys. So he was he was for it, and he said it's the first time I've actually seen them actually organised and united uh, as a real group, a united front. He said sometimes you get teams that go, oh, we no, we're not protesting, and then they they sort of have to go along with it. So Simon was all for it. Gracie Alvin, I thought she said something really really good in the coverage last night. She said, you know, if you think of cycling just as a business, she said the customer is always right. The cyclists are the customers here. They're the customers of the ASO and the UCI. So maybe they need to listen to them. They're the ones racing down these treacherous, narrow roads, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm talking about, obviously, the, the stage of the day before where we are. So I thought that was a really good point by Gracie. Uh, Robbie, Robbie's was interesting and a bit more in-depth, and Robbie had done some homework, I think, on, on just getting quotes from the Belgian press and some press around the world. Robbie thinks that... The riders might have shot themselves in the foot a little bit because a lot of the teams, they're done recons months out or, or mm-hmm. you know, before the stage, the sprint teams. They'd seen the course. De Koenig had done a recon, had said nothing. So then an hour before the start or a few hours before the start, they want the neutral zone uh, for the GC taken from three kilometres to eight to, to kilometres. Wouldn't you think they'd ask that? three months out mm-hmm. so they said that they asked the uci and it fell on deaf ears but when did they ask the uci to change the, the rules you know to to um to sort of yeah in the morning that morning yeah so i i think that's a really strong point that that robbie made um so there's three there's mm-hmm. three um um opinions my opinion i think there needs to be a bit of a revolution in, in men's cycling, I think women's cycling is really on track. And I spoke about Cyclist Alliance with Gracie because she was one of the founders of that and she's still heavily involved. And she said, we saw holes in the men's unions and, and some real deficiencies. And she said, we didn't want to go down that path immediately. We wanted to start a... She said, we're effectively a union, but she said, because of the, the bad connotations, we don't call it that. It's called Cyclists Alliance. But theirs is a really strong union. Mm-hmm, what I'm seeing, I try and keep up to speed with what they're doing. Um, and listen to? Yes. By the authorities? Yeah, well, oh, not fully. Well, the UCI won't recognise them. Yeah. But you know why the UCI, you know why they won't recognise them? Because they've got this CPA. Which is which in is the same village. Yeah. It's set up by the UCI. Yeah. In it's the ridiculous. same village. So. Yeah, in the same village. <laughs> like next door. Same postcode. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that... They're in. This is a whole other. We've had discussions. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's, yeah. We could have a one and a half hour pod, <laughs> couldn't we, on it? Um, but I think ultimately, I think the riders did the right thing. I, yeah. I, I agree with what they did yesterday. Okay. And, and you know, this this is not going away just yet. On the racing side, uh, we had a, a breakaway. That 
Only, only just didn't make it by 150 meters. How heartbreaking that was. I mean, we love the whole win by Cavendish, the sprint and so on, but 150 meters, it's nothing. It's, yeah, Brent Van Moor, uh, the Belgian, the young Belgian. He won from a stage. Lotto, from Lotto. Yeah, Lotto. from Lotto, the team of Caleb Ewan. And I saw uh, on Twitter, I was skimming through sort of towards the end of the stage and someone's like, come on. Do it for Caleb. But at that time, he was more Australian than anyone. He oh, was doing yeah, yeah, it yeah. We were claiming him. Yeah, yeah. There was there was a plaque being erected in Absolutely. Uh, where's Caleb from? <laughs> New South Wales. Um, yeah, Brent Van Moore, he won a stage of the, the opening stage of the Criterium de Dauphine in similar fashion. In fact, they they left the they really um um, underestimated the strength of this guy because he's a he's a neo pro, I think. Yeah, um, but he's, he's a tri time trial, I think, world champ junior champion. Or yeah, something, yeah, world yeah. Champion. No, he's got pedigree. he's got pedigree in it. Yeah, yeah. totally. And um, geez, he was he was stiff. He yeah. was stiff. That'll he'll get one. Hopefully. I am convinced this guy is is going to be. A, he a was star. doing a De Gent a little bit. He was. Well, De, De Gent said it. De Gent said yeah. it okay. three months ago. He said. The new Thomas De Gent okay. is Brent Van Moore. And De Gent comes out with some great little um, one-liners, doesn't he? So he was De Genting. Last he was De Genting. Um, no, it, it gave us everything last night, didn't yeah. it? For, for a stage, we said, oh, look, it's going to be probably pretty boring. We had a, we had a protest at the start. Uh, not too much in the middle, but that was expected. Yeah. And then the finale. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about what's coming up tonight. Uh, there's a time trial, individual time trial tonight. It's the first one for, for, the, for the tour. Uh, what do you make of uh, the riders that are potential winners for that time trial? Let's talk about Wood Van Aert to start with. Wood Van Aert is fourth on GC. Who? Exactly. Yeah. Wood Van Aert. Who is fourth? And he's fourth on GC. So is, is he playing it safe? And can we expect anything from him tonight? Or are we being blurred by a, a bit of a lack of performance, even though the fact he's fourth on the GC? Well, yes. Oh, you know what? It, I just we showed, haven't seen him. Well, yeah, we haven't seen him. And before the pod started, you said, what about Wout Van Aert? But you didn't tell me that he's fourth on GC. I wouldn't have known he's fourth on GC. Exactly. So now I'm going to go full table to what I was thinking I'd say half an hour ago. Actually, I, I now I think he can win the TT. I, I think because he can win the TT. I think he's a, he's a real threat for Van der Poel to actually grab the jersey as well. And Van der Poel said that. Uh, did he? Okay. Yeah, he did, yeah. Uh, so, so Van Aert is really... But we haven't seen him. Is that, is that a strategy, do you think? Where you, where you think that those, those two first stages minimum were, some, were something that he could where stages where he could actually have done anything. I don't think the first two stages were strategy. Uh, like as in, I just don't think he was good enough. He couldn't follow. But he was following good enough to still be fourth on GC. Yeah. But no, I think I think the first two stages definitely he wasn't holding back. He, he, he just couldn't go with, you know, Alaphilippe and then, and then of course, Vanderpool. But what I will say, I'm, I'm also half expecting Vanderpool to pull off a Alaphilippe a la Paul. Yeah. Two years ago, when he when he won the TT, when there was no way known he was going to win it on the start line, Vanderpool to me seems to be going that well that he could just produce this special ride. Okay, what about G? I think G is a good talk for uh, for uh, the the time trial because it's usually he's performing well on time trial. Having said this, he didn't at the Dauphiné. He didn't have a good time trial at the Dauphiné. Wasn't uh, a terrible one. 
but it wasn't super. Yeah, was yeah, it? but it yeah. wasn't what we could have expected from someone like G. That, yeah. But what I'm saying is, he's now in a Tour de France, outside the top 10, having had problem with the shoulder after the crash. Like the stars are not aligning. Is it the rebirth of G tonight, or is it something that's going to be a struggle for him? Well, you know what? You know what I think will be the biggest struggle for him down in that yeah that profile position, or maybe not. I mean, normally when you've, you've dislocated your shoulder or you break, break your collarbone, you, you put the best position is to have it up in a sling. So if you think about that, if you can just visualize everyone, that, that position where your arm goes in the sling, in some ways it's actually not too different to that profile position. Of course, your arm's just turned outwards because your body is all leaning down. Mm-hmm. If, he, if his position, if his profile position is comfortable, I think he can produce a really good ride. Um, if it's not comfortable, he's going to have a tough one because aerodynamically that whole and and then the power the power will drop off. I know this is talking a little bit scientific, but I think that that's a real key thing, just to see how his shoulders pulled up. So, will we have a sign of of his health tonight? If he's producing something really good, we can just go. He's fine. Yeah. If he but produces if he's not, a, yeah, then if we he, can yeah. question that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that's right. I think it's going to be fifty fifty. I think if, well, and with something in between as well, it's a possibility. He could produce a ride that sets him really amongst the the GC guys. And then we'll say, okay, gee, he's battling on here. This is not done. The other one is he loses a minute 30 uh, to to Roglic, to Pogacar. And we say, okay, now he's he's in strife. Doesn't mean he won't finish the tour, but he's probably not going to be GC. And then the other one is he wins the TT. That, that would be the best answer. I'd, I'd actually love to see that. Yeah. What about Carpaz? Carpaz is, is doing well. He's third on GC, on general classification. Uh, is he a time trialist? Is no, he, he's not. He, he's not. He's not. Your, but is the time trial short enough for him to get away with it? Yeah, yeah, I think it is. I think it is. I think he'll. I think it's about limiting his losses to Roglic. Look, Rog, Roglic has hit the deck twice now. So Roglic Have you seen this well. photo of all the bandages? Yeah, yeah. Mama, mummified. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Hilarious. Um, the, what's well, the other guys? Hilari- they love getting Hilari- naked with just bandages on. Hilarious from where we're sitting. Yeah. <laughs> Not that hilarious for him. <laughs> oh, no, no. But no, so Rog- Roglic has got his own battle and those bandages by the way get on get on instagram peeps look at his instagram account i think that's where it came from yep. he's literally got bandages all around on his backside like literally where his bum will be on the saddle so he's going to be he's going to have his own set of issues with that tt um look pogacha it comes back to him he has not put a foot wrong he so has far, not yeah. been caught up in anything has yeah, he so far yeah. i think he's had one little touchdown on day one, but it was in one of those smaller crashes, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he didn't. He didn't even take skin off. So, to me, Pogar, it will not surprise me at all if Pogarchar comes out and wipes the table with all of them. Uh, what about the Aussies? Durbridge is Luke Durbo is always uh, a good one on TT. Can we see something from him and anybody um, else? Yeah, good question. I'm not sure if Durbo will play it safe just because he's got other duties, you know, and he's such a he's such an important role domestique for for. All of the guys, for Matthews, for Chavez, for Lucas Hamilton, you know, not in the mountains for those guys, but on the flats. So, you know, he's been working overtime, Durbridge. You don't see it. Yeah. Now, um, and and, and it's, it's a shame, really, the cameras, you know, it's, it's like we need this data almost of work effort. I'm sure it's there somewhere, but Durbo has been working overtime already. So I'm not convinced he'll go full gas, um, you know, because he'll look at can he challenge for the victory? 
does top 10 even matter for him on the stage? So, yeah, I think he'll just ride to make the cut, to be honest. There is a lot to play at, to play on tonight. There is a lot to play. There's a lot to play. I mean, yeah, this is this could set up the yellow jersey for the next, what, four or five days. Yeah, absolutely. Whoever, whoever does a, a blistering ride here. Absolutely. Thanks for coming, Maka. Pleasure, hey. pleasure, pleasure. Any other news? Yeah, you know, just to finish off, and for all you peeps, uh, I'll tell you what, keep the faith in Michael Matthews. Fourth on the stage on a more of a, a purist sprinter's day. Matthews is well and truly in the green jersey hunt. As this race continues more forward, he's going to be more and more in the green hunt and the pure sprinters will fall away. Absolutely. And then what would be nice is him having the battle with Cavendish. Oh, yeah. Because that would really eat on uh, Ooh, as yeah. we go along. Slap him about, Michael. <laughs> Show him who's boss. <laughs> anyway, thank you for coming, Maka. Thank you. Thank you. This was the uh, Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Uh, before we go, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream or subscribe to this podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash central or log a ride with our friends at Zwift. Until next time, it's bye for now. Before we go, a quick word from our sponsor, Zwift. Hopefully the tour is inspiring you to ride. On Zwift, you can explore the world while having fun training at home. There are world championship courses. My favourite is the one from Richmond in 2015. You can ride through New York, explore the city of London, conquer the mighty Mont Ventoux, relive your Tour de France dreams along the Champs-Élysées, or head to Zwift's original world of Wartopia, or even the new Japan-inspired Mercury Islands. Even better, you can do it during the tour as part of a great series of events on Swift, the Fun is Fast series. The events include group workouts and group rides, a little bit of company, always motivates on a ride, fondos, maybe even do a few days in a row to get a feel for riding a tour. Races, as we all know, the tour ignites a little bit of that competitive spirit in most of us. Individual time trials, there are tour events and a chance to compare yourself to the world champion Anna van der Breggen. Ventop, a replica of Mont Ventoux. I've done it a few times in the real world and on Zwift. It really is like riding up Ventoux. Women's Wednesday rides, these are focused on social engagement of riding, which, let's face it, it's a big motivator for the majority of us. It's easy to join the Zwift cycling community and make indoor riding fun. All you need is a bike, trainer and the Zwift app. Visit Zwift.com and hopefully I'll see you on there soon. Ride on.